Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Welcome to the fifth edition of our monthly podcast. We've We've already gone through so many stories on the blog at alumni.skatecanada.ca, but also on the first four episodes of this podcast. And we've got even more months lined up for you. All of the interviews are already in the works and our, our very generous alumni are already sitting down with us to make those happen. But the podcast is a new feature from Skate Canada and the Alumni Committee. And it's an opportunity for us to share stories um, publicly, openly from our, from our famed alumni and each time we um, post an episode, it's an opportunity for us to share those alumni's experience with the entire skating family. So some stories will be familiar, but most are going to be memories and behind-the-scenes insights, which the world has never heard. So this month, on October 5th edition, we've got a collection of alumni from the Senior Nexus Synchronized Team. So Nexus Senior Synchronized Team. And um, so we have... Debbie Wilkes joining us as moderator. Welcome back, Debbie. We'll hear from uh, this group in just a moment. But joining us as a guest, we've got Fran McClellan, who was the business manager and uh, actually a former former member of the team and now a Hall of Fame member. So Fran McClellan will be joining us. We've also got Shelly Simonton Barnett. She is um, a coach from Nexus and also a Hall of Fame member. And Jennifer Beauchamp. Uh, also used to be a member of the team, helps today coaching the team, uh, another Hall of Fame member and uh, Skate Canada alumni. So we'll be welcoming those three in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about the team. So Nexus Senior won gold in the 2009 World Synchronized Figure Skating Championships, and they were the first team to ever be inducted in the Skate Canada Hall of Fame. So Nexus Synchronized Skating Team has a habit of making history, and that year, Nexus, based in Burlington, Ontario, became the first Canadian team to claim gold at the ISU World Synchronized Skating Championships, defeating Finland's Team Unique and Sweden's Team Surprise in Zagreb, Croatia. Seven years after that memorable triumph, the 2009 Nexus Senior Team makes history again as the first synchronized team inducted into the Skate Canada Hall of Fame. So please join with me and a very warm welcome to three Hall of Fame members from the Nexus Senior Synchronized Skating Team, joined by our moderator, Debbie Wilkes. This afternoon, uh, here I am, Debbie Wilkes, once again, uh, welcoming some... uh, pretty famous people from the synchro skating world. Uh, we're going to talk synchro today with Shelley Barnett, Jennifer Beauchamp, and uh, our, our wonderful synchro representative on the alumni committee, Fran McClellan. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a great time of year to talk about synchro. Of course, the skating season is just getting underway. Uh, I definitely want to hear about uh, Nexus and their plans for the coming season. But Shelley, maybe you can give us a bit of a background on the history of synchro and on your history with Nexus. Um, Well, I believe that uh, team skating was started back in the 1800s in North America, but... um, Precision skating began in um, 56, I believe, in Ann Arbor. 
and um, it was started by Dr. Richard Porter. He had a team called the Hawkettes, who are still in existence today, today out of, um, and they initially performed in ice shows. Um, at the time, it was more like a drill routine, a bit of a nod to Broadway's Rockettes, and it was not unusual to have over 30 skaters on the ice at one time. These days, we have 16 skating a, pro a program, but um, then it was quite a bit different, um, much slower, much um, more um, toes and, and skating skill perhaps wasn't as recognized. But um, the Canadians started skating precision in the 60s and um, were competing in the 70s. And the first national san uh, sanctioned competition was held in Canada in 18, ni sorry, 1983 in London, Ontario. And um, there were actually 60 teams registered to compete. Um, wow. A friend, <laughs> yeah, it's a long history, but for a relatively new sport. But, and how, how did you get so interested? How did you get involved? Um, if, during that uh, first Canadians in 1983, a friend and I attended um, just out of curiosity. And having both been single skaters, we were completely unprepared for the enthusiasm and noise level of synchronized skating and the cheering and the cowbells and the horns of the audience. And everyone, the skaters, the judges, the audience, were just having so much fun that we were kind of we enjoyed it so much, we decided to join in, so. And what was your first team? Um, I, I taught uh, Row City Rhythms out of Windsor first. It was a junior team. And then I had a juvenile team in Windsor as well, and a novice team. And then and I- It's so amazing how you have fostered, you personally and your teams and the, the tremendous people that you've surrounded yourself with, you've fostered this incredible interest in Canada. I know there have been an, a number of groundbreaking coaches and teams that have really brought Canada to the forefront. But when I look at the kind of history you've had in developing your teams and in developing your skaters, um, of course, Jennifer Beauchamp being one of them. And Jen, now you are one of the coaches uh, for all the synchro teams uh, under the Nexus banner. Yes, currently I'm working with the novice, intermediate, and senior teams with Nexus. And I was coached by Shelley from the novice level right up to senior, novice, junior, and senior in my 19 years of synchro. So wow. Shelly definitely fostered my career in, in skating and now as a coach as well. She's a mentor to me. Um, what, what are the things about Synchro that have kept you so in touch for those 19 years? Uh, I believe you were the, um, do I call you, or would I have called you the manager of the team um, in the last few years when you were competing? The last few years I was competing, I was one of the team captains. It was a shared role. There was um, a co-captain role, and I was a co-captain with a few different teammates over those years. So I was um, one of the captains of Nexus Senior. And what was it about Synchro that was so fascinating for you? I mean, you've turned it into a career now, so it's beyond just um, enjoying what you do. I think that's what's so special about it is I started at a very young age. I was in, well, actually, I was a little bit, I was eight or nine starting CanSkate, and um, 
I was asked to come out to an open session to learn how to do precision at the time. And from that one session, I just loved the team environment. The coaches were so welcoming and friendly, and I was hooked. I kept doing it from that day on, starting at the juvenile level and working right up through senior. Um, I think that, you know, it's, I always say it was an education for me. All of the things that I learned over those years through the different levels, through the changing and growth of the sport, it went from precision to synchronized skating while I was part of it. And um, watching those changes, participating in those changes was so special to me. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to now educate and mentor students of my own very special for me. Can you give me some examples of those skills that, that you did learn? I mean, obviously, apart from the great skills you learned on the ice, and I hope we get to talk about that a little bit later, but, but as a person and as someone developing into an adult, what were some of those skills? And maybe explain that through a few examples. Um, being a member of a team is not, you know, you don't just show up to practice and just be physically there. It's it's about an entire commitment. It's about working through your life and making sure that you can be at a, be there at practice, um, compromising the responsibility of being a member of this team to your coaches, to your other teammates, um, to Skate Canada at that point when you're competing at an international level. So having that sense of commitment, um, I think being able to receive constructive feedback as it being coachable. I think that was an extremely important skill that I learned. And now as I'm coaching, I can reflect back on those moments, those moments that I felt that I learned the most or felt that I really connected to the sport. I can embrace those moments and bring those forward to my students. Um, respect. I always say to my skaters now, you know, you don't all have to be best friends, but you need to respect each other and respect each other's differences and your personalities in your backgrounds. And I think that that's a huge um, aspect of being a member of a team. And leadership, leadership skills, being in that um, captain role really helped me for taking on a leadership role as a coach. So stepping from the, the captain role into a coaching role seemed to have a little bit more um, of a seamless flow because I was able to take on those leadership skills that I learned as a captain into a coach. So I think that was really helpful for me. Well, yeah, when you're talking about leadership, uh, I think most people kind of look at it and go, I don't know if I want to be a, a leader. That, that takes a lot of responsibility and a huge amount of commitment. And yet you've gone from being an active participant uh, on the ice in the team to becoming a coach. Can you give me some examples about um, possibly some of the challenges that, that you may have faced making that transition? It's an interesting one. Well, I think it's, I always think back to that time that we, I was placed in the captain role and I didn't necessarily want it. <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, it was one of those things I thought, oh, I'm not ready to be a captain. And um, I'm so happy that, you know, people believed in me to do on to do that role because it required years of developing into that leadership role, and it wasn't something I was necessarily comfortable with. But you know, being asked to take on that role, I had to step up and learn that it's leadership isn't about, I think, telling people what to do, but it's about engaging the people around you and getting them involved and keeping them involved, and not just making it. It was never about me. It was about the team. So I think keeping that in my mind. But as a, a coaching job is very, very similar. You're also a member of that team. And you have to be very confident in your role and your decisions. 
but also engaging your team and helping them be part of the creative process of what you're doing, I think is extremely important. So having those years where I was a co-captain, I had to work with someone else, and then I had to work with my 19 other teammates was very important now as a coach. I feel like when I'm teaching or when we're working off the ice that I can engage all of those athletes with me, not just me telling them what to do. I feel like I can get them involved and get them taking ownership of what we're doing out on the ice and off the ice. Well, and you're such a role model too, I think. Often, um, certainly this has been my experience when someone has entrusted me with uh, a job that I think maybe is beyond my reach. It, it sometimes teaches us that other people see things in us that we have not discovered yet. And that's, that's pretty exciting and something important to remember for the rest of your life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, I think it's really important. When, when you started out, did you have aspirations to become world champion, to compete for Canada? Well, at the time, I was so young and new to skating. I'd only done one year of the CanSkate program. And um, for me, just the idea of being on a team was so exciting. And then I remember watching the senior teams at the events and being in awe of what they were doing, what they were capable of. And I knew at a very young age, I think around novice was the age that I started to say, I want that. I want to be on a senior team. At the time, Worlds wasn't even, it was a World Challenge Cup, um, I think around the time I was on novice. But then, you know, when I was on junior and seeing that, you know, hearing that it was going to become a world championship, that was something I wanted. I knew at that age I was, wanted to push for that and I wanted to train for that and, um, as much as we had team goals, I also had my individual goals of wanting to go to the top of my sport as a senior skater. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a scary discovery when you can first um, acknowledge that that goal that you have inside yourself. I'd, I'd be interested to hear from Shelley because I'm, I'm sure, Shelley, you were part of um, that force that identified Jennifer as uh, someone who could become instrumental in the progress of the sport. How did that come about? Well, Jennifer was very, very talented. She had um, the drive and the passion to be the best that she could possibly be and to inspire others to follow or to join her. And um, I saw that immediately in her. And uh, even though I don't think she was quite confident, I knew that she would be somebody that would um, bring people along with her. And she was very inclusive and she led by example. She was, um, she has always aspired to being excellent and um, um, a perfectionist actually. And um, people, she was a great role model. And, then how how did you encourage her, or did you encourage her to uh, continue working in the synchro world but changing roles? I don't think it took much encouragement. <laughs> I think Jennifer was hooked, and I, I just knew that she was in for the long haul. She was a lifer as far as synchro goes and skating in general. That's wonderful when yeah. when something happens that that you just know feels so right, both from your perspective and Jennifer from yours as well. Mm -hmm. I think it was a natural transition for Jennifer. 
she's just such a people person and um and as i said loves the sport so much that she wanted to give back i'd i'd love to hear how the coaching situation works i know um you work together i know you also work with ann shelter the amazing uh, genius person uh, <laughs> who is responsible for the development of annie's edges and i know ann participates um in a very large way with uh, the training and coaching of Nexus. Uh, Shelley, can you describe how, how does that all work? Well, Anna has been with us since 2007, and um, she actually came to us the year that we decided to do Edward Scissorhands as a program. And she said, please, please let me do this. I love Edward Scissorhands. And then, um, We've had her on board since, and we're so lucky. I, I just can't believe that she's in our backyard, basically, and that we can have access to her brilliance. Yeah, she's got the bug, huh? Yes, she has. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. synchro bug. I know Anne is such an interesting person. She has always been, um, I don't know if a rebel is the right word, but definitely someone who um, uh, sang her own tune and marched to her own drummer, to use a couple of old phrases. And then to understand over those, those more than 10 years ago, how involved she was becoming with Synchro was kind of thrilling. And to hear how um, her creativity and, and genius was beginning to become acknowledged because I don't think it, to be honest, I don't think it ever really had in the skating world. So that's been exciting to watch. She certainly has uh, shared that with us. Um, we, She has, I believe, turned Synchro into something other than um, what it was before, the marching, the... Um, her, she's enhanced skating skill. She's um, given us more respect in the general skating world than we've had in the past. Yeah, I, I understand that. And that, that's been, a, I would think, um, for the entire Synchro community, um, a bit of a hard pill to swallow, the, the uh, understanding that perhaps you... Uh, when I say you, I'm just talking about the synchro world in general, that um, you might have been fighting a, a bit of a, um, I don't know, backlash is too strong a word, but not getting the respect that the sport really deserved. It, it has taken a while, and um, we're still working at it. But um, I think as long as we're continuing to develop our individual skaters and um, striving for excellence. And I think that uh, we will definitely win some people over to the sport. Um, it's, it's something that no other discipline in figure skating offers um, with the team aspect and, um, and allowing skaters that have come through figure skating and, and have no place else to go and, um, are done competing or are done single skating they have they have this ability to or have this outlet for their talent and for their desire to skate and um 
and the team aspect in in the world now, um, the way things are, people want to have a team sport for their children, and uh, we certainly offer that. And Shelley, I, I really think it's um, in a large part due to the kind of commitment that you and other wonderful synchro coaches, not just in Canada, but around the world, um, because you have been determined to increase the level of skating, the quality of skating, the difficulty of choreography, um, it has become um, almost like a phoenix rising uh, <laughs> to see how the sport has grown and changed um i'd love to talk about um maybe more closely talk about your team and how you get started where do the ideas come from there there must be so many levels to creating this this championship team that i think people don't really understand what it takes can you talk us through uh, how you get to the beginning of a season well the season actually just keeps running through on and on <laughs> we don't have a beginning or an end um, we start developing our team for the next year during the present year. Um, skaters are contacting us and we're looking at um, building our team then. Um, our tryouts start before the season even ends. Um, so we're so what, trying, what month are we talking about? We're trying to um, focus on building a team in February and March for the next wow. season, but um, also trying to compete or get ready to compete at Worlds. Um, and uh, then we're also starting to think about the programs, um, which we're, we are always listening to music and um, making plans for the, the upcoming season as far as, um, oh, well, there's so many details, but, um, but yes, it, it's just ongoing. And it seems to me it makes a lot of sense to have your um coaches be part of a team as well. So having Jennifer on board uh, means I'm sure that with your tremendous history together that a lot of those details while shared in the decision making, uh, if you're traveling with the team or if Jennifer's traveling with the team, there can still be work being done at home. That's right. That's right. And um, it often happens that way. We have to rely on one another. It's not just a single coach sport anymore it takes a, a full team to to run a, a senior level skating team and talk to me about finding the music i know you mentioned you listen to music constantly where do ideas come from uh we just have to keep our antenna up all the time um we're always looking to or listening and uh, looking at media and um, researching on, uh, thank goodness for the internet now, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, they're all resources that we're tapping into throughout the year and um, people come to us with ideas, suggestions, and um, but it, it is a lot of work and um, we always hope for that great inspiration in time. <laughs> to start well, the season. You've been lucky so think, far. <laughs> mm. Debbie, could I offer a, a little bit of humor there? You um, sure can, Fran. <laughs> I always, as a manager, played music for them. And at one session, I think we had 56 uh, CDs in front of us. 
that she was looking at in order that we work through to see if the skaters responded to different pieces. So that was the maximum we ever had in front of us one night. So you mean you put the music on and you see what reaction is going on on the ice? Uh, sometimes, yes, we do that. We go through a lot of different types of music to see what works for the team. But we also use different music or tempos and um, just rhythms to see what the skaters skate well to or skate best to because each team is different. It's comprised of different skaters, different talents, different um, personalities. And so we're always trying to work out what the team will skate best to, what showcases their abilities. Um, so it is a process that sometimes takes a while before we get it right. And uh, I'm sure in the midst of all of that, you're also keeping eyes and ears on what other teams around the world are doing. Is that also part of the process? Uh, not too much, because we try to stay inwardly focused. Um, we we will try to say to assess our team and do what's best for our team and and what will make them um, develop their skating, um, develop the sport, and um, and what we're happy listening to six months down the road and what we think will be their best vehicle. Well, and I'm sure um, knowing as a, a competitor from the traditional disciplines in skating, um, you want to be choosing music that you're going to love even after you've heard it 20 times a day, every day for six months. Are you still going to be in love with it? Are you still going to be able to interpret it in a way that makes an audience or a judge feel like it's the first time you've ever heard it. Yes, definitely. That is always a consideration. And uh, we've thrown away more than one choice based on that. When we're, we use them, uh, the music to um, build skills to, and um, I, we really find that um, if, if it's not, if we're getting tired of it after a certain amount of time, then perhaps it's just not right. It's the music that we absolutely love. Um, the thousandth time it's played that uh, has probably going to succeed. Yeah, boy, it's a toughie. And what about choreography? How do you get started? What happens? Um, well, as I said, we start with skills. We develop the synchro skills and the skating skills to the music first so that we have a better understanding of how things will work before we get too far into, you know, creating the actual picture of the program, the, um, the structure of it. So um, that can be one way of doing it. Uh, we also have um, other choreographers that work differently, um, and they come in pretty much um, sure of, how, of the vision that they have. And um, we do work with other choreographers as well. So... Um, it, it is interesting to watch how they work. Um, would you typically use one choreographer for a whole program? Or if there are changes of rhythms or changes of musical selections, would you um, divide that up? Or does it just depend on the music? 
Uh, normally, we work with one choreographer um, for the whole program. And um, often we'll work with two different choreographers for each, the short and the free, but we do work with just one choreographer. It's their vision and they want to see it realized. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about costuming? Your teams always look fabulous. Well, I'll, I'll quote Anne, less is more. And uh, we try to focus on the structure and not um, and keeping everything very honest and uh, letting the skating speak. Um, so it's more, um, it, it should reflect the choreography and the music, but we do try not to let it overpower it. It's a, a really juggling a lot of detail. It's complicated, Shelley. Yes, it is. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. Uh, and In a good way. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. And I mean, obviously, if if you weren't loving it, you wouldn't have this long string of successes. So, um, you know, being being able to adapt and adjust to changing times, bigger expectations, uh, more pressure as the synchro world uh, moves into the spotlight more fully. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of stress that goes along with that, creating the, the perfect vehicle, uh, and yet um, knowing you as I do, never losing sight of the fact that this is about teaching good skating and providing good skating, quality stuff. Well, again, that's where um, working with Anne has really um, changed the way I think and I work. and. Um, she is just so focused on creating something that is um, all about the skating and, and about um, enhancing the experience for the athletes and the sport and the discipline itself. And um, so it, it's it's pretty special. It, it sort of deflects the um, the pressure. Well, yeah, you can get yourself in a real turmoil over stuff like that and lose focus uh, on what your goals really are. That's always a temptation, quite naturally. Exactly. Yes. Um, we're, we're speaking with Shelley Barnett and Jennifer Beauchamp, along with Fran McClellan from the Alumni Committee about the amazing world of Synchro. Uh, Jennifer, I'd love to hear um, descriptions about the training regimen that you and Shelley put the team through. Um, well, I'm currently new with um, the senior team in a coaching capacity this season, but um, they train roughly four to five days a week, Shelley, is that correct? Four days? Five In the days. regular season? Mm -hmm. Five days. And um, they'll come for many hours at a time so that they can achieve, uh, you know, a great um, time together on the ice time to work on skills and programming, so usually three to four hours, and then the off-ice components as well involving um, – different forms of dance and um, building strength for those flexible positions that are required on the ice and body lines, also ballet, and working out, making sure that um, physically fit to do the requirements of the program and also um, lifting off the ice, so preparing the moves that will be coming onto the ice prior to putting them out onto the ice. Did I get everything, Shelley, for off ice? Yes, you did. Yes, that's good. Yeah. 
Yes, and they um, we start in the spring, so back um, after tryouts, there's a little bit of a break, and then the girls are back at it for the season. Um, summers are not as um, structured as, as the winters, so there's a little bit more um, time in there for, I guess, um, off-ice training. Girls have a more time to do some individually training at home as well, stretching, making sure that they're um, – getting the most optimal fitness level for the start of the season, which is now. And, uh, and then uh, once you get into the competitive season, how does everybody manage things like school, jobs? Uh, how, how do you work around all of that? I mean, it's hard enough for one person to do it. How do you get all of the team to do it? I always think about that, but it always happens. It always works out. Everyone on the team, I don't know if it's um, the competitive nature of the girls or the motivation or the dedication of their personalities. There's just everyone is always involved in multiple areas, whether it be school or work. Um, Some have small coaching jobs and other clubs. There's many things that the girls are involved with, but they always seem to be able to get it done. I don't, I think, you know, when I think back to being an athlete myself from the time that you're little, you know, you're in the sport and as you increase your level of training, um, your time at the arena increases, but you always seem to find the balance. I think it's just good um, from a young age to have the, um, the priorities, you get your priorities with, you know, your life, you try and find a balance and also understanding time management. So I find now as a coach, my skaters have very good time management skills because they've had to show this commitment to skating and they want to show this commitment to skating. So they'll make their life's work. But on Nexus right now, there's girls in university and high school girls that are working many hours a week and they make it work. They'll either take a partial workload at school um, and communicating with your professors or teachers, um, managers and coaches, um, you know, always being prepared, I think is a big aspect that these girls are athletes, they're elite athletes. And I think that's part of being an elite, an elite athlete is having that responsibility and dedication to your sport. So skating is at the forefront, but they seem to make everything work in their life very um, easily. It just seems to fall together because the girls are such driven people. I find them very dedicated. It's a wonderful testament to the sport and to you as coaches, your management of the team. Is there, can you give us a little bit of a preview of the programs for this year? Me? (laughs) I don't think I can. (laughs) I think it's a secret. (laughs) Shelley? Oh, we're working on it. <laughs> and what what are the events that you'll be competing in this year for all three teams? Well, we we will do two internationals. We haven't chosen them yet. Um, we're in the process of doing that. But uh, we also do um, a local one in December and just to get our feet wet and uh, see how the team competes. And then we do uh, Winterfest in in January and um and canadians and uh take it from there if hopefully we'll qualify for worlds that's our goal to make it to worlds yeah 
Uh, it's a, a big goal, but you've got great history there. Um, looking back on the history of Nexus, Shelley, is there a particular program or couple of programs that stand out to you as being um, not only perhaps your best work, but the team's best work, regardless of, of where uh, results may have headed. I'd love to know if there are certain programs that stand out for you. Well, there are many, actually. Um, we fall in love with, with most of them. Um, and uh, as I said, it's such a process to come to that decision to, to use these programs. So. Um, you're this music, so it's a work of love. Um, but we we really enjoyed um, doing Baba Yetu, which was in 2009, our first World Championships, and um, that was something very special for us. And, and of course, the Carmina Burana program. Um, and then uh, the next year, our Carmen program. It was labor intensive. We had to study with a um, flamingo dance, flamenco dancer, and, and uh, Esmeralda Enrique, and she taught us so much about movement and posture, and not just about how to move as a flamenco dancer, but how to uh, move as a dancer. And um, they, the skaters, really performed a flamenco dance. And I thought embodied Carmen that year. Yeah, it was all about attitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fabulous. Just fabulous. Um, looking ahead, uh, I think I, I have heard that you have had uh, skaters from other countries wanting to join the Nexus team. How, how do you handle that? Well, we've had many international skaters join Nexus over the years. Um, both at junior and senior, um, but we've also had a, a representation of skiers from across Canada. Um, we have such a large country, and with just three senior teams located in Ontario and Quebec, um, skaters' interest in skating at this level make a, a decision that's difficult to uproot their lives and join one of those teams. Um, we often talk to coaches from other synchro organizations who have skaters with the drive and passion to skate senior and they are encouraging them to contact us when they are ready to move on. Um, it's been absolutely fabulous for us to welcome skaters from elsewhere that share the love for synchronized skating. Um, their unique experiences, their perspective, and training um, is, all contributes to um, enriching the experience that everyone has. Well, and I'm sure once they finish whatever their adventure is here in Canada, and if they do go back to their home country, they're going to be taking some of that synchro passion with them, which may involve creating more synchro representation from around the world. That's correct, and, and we've seen that happen. There are a few girls that have come from, have worked, have skate on Nexus that are now working with teams abroad um, and in Canada. So um, yes, they, they seem to, uh, we catch up every now and then when we see them at Worlds and it's lovely. It's lifelong friendships. and Well, and it must be incredibly satisfying from your perspective as a coach, Shelley, to know the kind of impact you've had, not just on the sport, but on the individuals involved in the sport. 
Yes, it is very satisfying. Looking ahead, uh, I presume that, uh, like a lot of the skating world, you were probably quite disappointed with the uh, not-so-recent decision not to include Synchro in the Olympic Games. How do you think that battle is going to continue? I believe that uh, everyone will keep working to develop the sport, to make it Olympic ready um, when our time comes, and um, and to stay true to our our discipline. It's um, it's unique, and um, it, it's something that is um, is going to be different as we move along. Obviously, we're there are a lot of innovative coaches out there, and uh, so. The, the synchro that we see now probably won't be the same as the synchro we'll see when it's finally admitted into the Olympics, but um, I look forward to that. Listen, we never thought we'd do quadruple jumps either. And look what's <laughs> happened. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Jennifer, I'd love to know what your specific goals are, not just for this year, but beyond. Well, I think expanding, like continuing to expand my knowledge, and I love learning. I love um, working with people, and I want to continue to grow my relationships with my other coaching partners and develop further as a coach. Um, I love the challenges of the sport. I love that, you know, we always have to find different ways to make things work, and um, that challenge in itself I really love. And being part of a team from a coaching perspective is very special to me. I love that process of being able to create with other people. So for me, is that continuing to grow in that capacity. And um, I don't know, I love just watching skaters develop. I love seeing the the moments where they have those, aha, I I've done it. I've developed a new skill and, you know, I'm moving to the next level of my skating. I think that's such a special moment for me and um, something that I felt training under Shelly and Anne, and I would like to inspire other skaters in the same way. So those are my hopes and desires, and to keep growing the sport and pushing it in a new direction. You will inspire everyone. I'm sure you will. <laughs> and and Shelly, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but um, if, if you were to have... Uh, an advertisement for synchronized skating and you only had say 30 seconds to talk about the discipline and what makes it special can I put you on the spot and ask you what would you say about synchro that perhaps people don't know about or don't understand about its attraction and um, its success Oh, there's so much. Uh, there's, well, it's all-encompassing. Um, it's a team sport. We get to work together with um, 20 girls and um, that all have share the same drive and passion for their sport. Um, we have um, good times on and off the ice. We work hard. We cry together. We laugh together. And uh, that's something that's unique to synchronized skating as opposed to the other disciplines, and we're fortunate for it. And um, and it also gives skaters an opportunity to continue to develop their skating. And um, once we're through with the jumps and the you know the spins of single skating, it's um, it's something that they can actually really focus on, and and it can be satisfying as well to watch the improvement in, in a different direction.
that's wonderful, and I think uh, capsulizes the tremendous advantages of participating in synchronized skating. And I want to thank you all, Jennifer, Jennifer Beauchamp, Shelley Barnett, and Fran McClellan for being with us on this episode of the Alumni Blog. Best of luck to Nexus this season. Thanks Thank so Debbie. much. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you. big thank you to Debbie, Fran, Shelley, and Jennifer for joining us today on this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it and make sure you subscribe as well. So that's one thing you may not realize is that you can listen to these episodes on the website, but you can also open up iTunes, your your iPhone, your Android phone, Google Play, um, any podcast application. And that way, each month when we release a new episode, it'll automatically be delivered to you and you'll get a notification that there's another one available to listen to. So a big thank you to Nexus and Fran, Shelley, and Jennifer. And on the next episode, we're going to be joined by our, our committee member, Diane Emery, and Skate Canada uh, staff, Emery Legier, who is the archivist of Skate Canada. So you may not know, but we have quite an extensive archive of artifacts and stories, and Skate Canada actually has a great collection of photographs, trophies, medals, costumes, and films, some of which you can actually see here at the National Office in Ottawa. But Emery's going to talk a little bit about what that collection entails, his own story. He's been here with the organization for 12 years, and uh, he's the lead of the Skate Canada Hall of Fame and Heritage Committee. So I won't give you much more than that at this point, but please join us on November 2nd. That's when you'll hear from Diane and Emery. But until then, again, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and you'll join us again next month, and we'd love to hear what your thoughts were. So so log into our site, alumni.skatecanada.ca. Leave your comment on today's episode. So thanks once again, and uh, log on online to, to see even more great material from the Skate Canada Alumni Committee.